Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Monday. Is Monday going to be awesome, or is it going to be awful? Welcome to the show. Every Monday, we're going to look back at the previous week, and we're going to look at some of the things that were awesome about this week and maybe highlight a few things that were awful. So sit back and enjoy the next few minutes. Good morning, everyone. It is Monday morning once again. It is May 18th, 2020, and uh, I am sitting outside just enjoying the beautiful New Mexico weather. It's going to be about 90 degrees out today. The sun is shining. Everything is just awesome. In fact, this morning, I'm sitting here. I've got a uh, my coffee in my hand. I'm drinking today the Starbucks Passport Series West Java. It's a good cup of joe, and uh, you ought to try some of that. Coffee in the morning is always awesome. This morning, I want to get right into some things that maybe are not awesome. Of course, you know that during this time, we are knee-deep into this epidemic, pandemic called the coronavirus. And that has not been awesome. First of all, it's not awesome to be locked up. Secondly, it's not awesome the way that people have responded to that, especially those that are in charge of some things. You know, our original goal was to flatten the curve. The curve's flattened, and yet much of our country is still locked down. Uh, There are people that are very upset by it. There are people that are out of work. There are people that may lose their businesses. And I'm, I tell you, that I feel for some of these people. But we have gone into this with the original intent to flatten the curve. We have flattened the curve. But yet we're still on lockdown. And I think a lot of it is, is because we've put too much emphasis on science. Um, Science is not infallible. Please understand that. Uh, Science is always changing, and it will always change. We are not in an area right now to where 50 years down the road, uh, people are going to say, well, we've had no scientific advances since then. In fact, 50 years from now, they'll be looking back and probably laughing at us and thinking, what in the world were they thinking? Uh, But we have put a lot of emphasis on science and scientists. Let me just give you a few examples here. Let's start with medical science. You know, medical science has changed a lot over the years. And people have always been really staunch on the fact that uh, it can't be any other way. Uh, But we've changed so much. Just looking at deaths of presidents, you can kind of see that. Do you know medical science back in George Washington's day dictated that in order to get somebody better, you had to bleed the bad blood out of them so that good blood can replace it? George Washington died because of this procedure, but it was medical science back then. Uh, James A. Garfield, he was assassinated, but do you know it wasn't the bullet that killed him? Medical science killed him. 
In fact, when he was shot, he didn't die for six months. It was infection that killed him. But Garfield's attending physicians did not believe in infection. They thought it was a fairy tale. And so as they're trying to search for this bullet, uh, they are putting their fingers into the bullet wound, the, the track that the bullet traveled, uh, to try to uh, pull the bullet out. They're using unsterile instruments and all of that, and uh, infection just started to uh, ravage his body. Uh, and six months later, uh, he came, he died from that. Um, they did the autopsy. The bullet was not a problem. He may have even lived with the bullet still in him, but the infection had just spread throughout his body and caused all of his organs to shut down. That was medical science in those days. Uh, but we are putting a lot of confidence in these so-called medical experts, and they're proving themselves to be anything but experts. Uh, Dr. Tony Fauci, probably a good man. Everybody says that. I don't know him. He probably is, though. But just what he has said over the last four or five months, he has contradicted himself time after time again. Uh, he is the one that said uh, this will never be a problem for the United States. Uh, he is the one that told us it cannot be transmitted uh, person to person. Yet now uh, we have seen how wrong all of this is, and yet we're still listening like he's got all the answers. He has not had the answers in the past, but yet we continue to listen. Uh, let's just Put a pause on this and stop and, and think and consider uh, maybe what somebody else has to say. Data. We've got all kinds of data that is coming out now. And data's good if it's good data, but it's manipulated data that we're finding out. And then even with the manipulated data, uh, we are interpreting the data erroneously. It, it's just uh, all wrong. Uh, and now what it is, is we've got a, a society uh, that has placed no confidence at all uh, in the scientists uh, and in the data or the interpretation of it. I just kind of want to put it down into give you the perspective that uh, I am currently in. I, let me just share our situation here. We live in Otero County, New Mexico. Otero County, New Mexico uh, is 6,628 square miles. It's a very, very large county. In fact, it's larger than the states of Rhode Island, Delaware, Connecticut, and Hawaii. Do you know that we've only had eight cases of coronavirus reported? We've had nobody in the hospital uh, and uh, still, we went on lockdown and had been on lockdown for uh, several weeks. We've had businesses shut down. Uh, we've got uh, businesses that may not even open up again. Uh, and we have done all of this because of eight cases. Eight cases. Nobody in the hospital. Uh, and of those eight cases... Nobody can really 
uh, figure out or point uh, to where these cases actually were. Uh, they just kind of appear uh, out of nowhere. And somebody did some investigation and found out that uh, some of those cases were actually uh, in a detention center about 100 miles away uh, outside of El Paso, Texas. Uh, El Paso, Texas sits right on the border of Texas and New Mexico, uh, and they had built a detention center uh, just over the line. There is 100 miles of desert between that, uh, that facility uh, and the city of Alamogordo. That is where we're getting some of our cases. Uh, and yet we had been on shutdown for weeks and weeks and weeks. And you know what? That's not awesome. Just not awesome. I know that it's a difficult thing as a governor to kind of manage all of this. And though I don't agree with Governor Lucian Grissom on a lot of things, I do have to say that uh, she's been uh, kind of measured here lately uh, in her response as far as coming out of it. Uh, but I still think that we should have been able to divide some of this up by region. And uh, there was no reason for Alamogordo and Otero County to go into permanent lockdown the way we did. Now, uh, Governor Grisham has, uh, on Friday, announced that all businesses and churches could now operate at 25%. But even though some businesses were allowed to open at that capacity, many of them will never open up ever again. And that is not awesome. Okay, enough of awful. Let's get to awesome. As I mentioned, our governor released some of the restrictions on our quarantine, and our businesses and our churches are able to operate at a 25% capacity. This was all that many of our folks needed, and they've become excited at the prospect of things beginning to turn back to normal. Uh, yesterday in church, it was just awesome. Uh, as... Uh, the service begin to start and people begin to walk into the door uh, just to see the expression on people's faces. It's like they've been set free and uh, they came into the church and they sat into their pews and uh, they looked at each other and fellowship with each other and uh, it just became an awesome experience and we're so thankful that we were able to get back to church and worship the way that we have been. Also, I see that some of our sporting events are starting to come back. Uh, yesterday, I noticed that NASCAR started running and uh, ran a race there at Darlington, and though I wasn't able to watch it and I uh, haven't turned on the TV yet to kind of see who won, uh, I know that it was exciting to get back to that. Uh, what I'm looking forward to is baseball season starting. Uh, rumor has it that we are starting spring training 2.0 uh, sometime in June with a regular season starting around the 4th of July. There's a lot of details to work out, no doubt. There are some negotiations between Major League Baseball and the Players uh, Association that need to be worked out. But uh, it is hopeful to know that America's pastime will be back on TV, and uh, that will be really, really, really awesome. 
We now come to the part of the show that you're going to look forward to every Monday. In fact, you'll tune in for this particular segment, I promise you. And I don't know what I'm going to entitle it, but I think I'm going to start out with Misadventures of Mom. Uh, Some of you don't know, but uh, I had a very, very interesting uh, life growing up. And my mother is a character. There's some strange things that have happened in uh, friends that have known me for years. Uh, What they'll do is we... When we get back together again, uh, they'll sit me down and they'll say, Hey, wait a minute before we get anywhere else. I want to hear a new story about your mom. One of those favorite stories uh, takes place uh, in the mid-70s when my dad was stationed in Rota, Spain. I was probably 9, 10 years old, somewhere around there. And uh, it was a different time. Uh, Nowadays... When you're a military member and uh, you're stationed overseas, you have TV, you have internet, you have all of those things. Uh, But in those days, it was completely different. Uh, Everything was almost in the dark ages uh, as to what my children's perspective would be on this. Uh, But uh, one of the things that uh, did not really go real well is the restocking uh, of the commissary or the uh, place where you buy food on base. Uh, There came a point to where uh, we had run out of soda uh, on the base. Uh, All over the base, they were out of every kind of soda. And those sodas weren't delivered by plane or anything. They had to be physically put on a ship uh, and sailed over the Atlantic Ocean uh, to restock our commissaries. And it had gone maybe three months, and there were no sodas anywhere to be had on base. And my mom at the time was hooked on tab. My dad, he liked Diet Dr. Pepper. And uh, they drank cans of this stuff every single day. And for two months, they were going through withdrawal symptoms. Uh, There would be a rumor that would come that, uh, hey, the ship is in, and uh, there's going to be some sodas in the commissary soon. And uh, it seemed like every time that rumor came, it was just a false rumor. But one day the rumor came. It was in the summer, and... Uh, My dad was at work, and uh, my mom had the car. Uh, We had a 1971 Ford LTD uh, Country Squire station wagon. Uh, For the day, it carried a lot of cargo uh, there in the back. And so rumor had it that the commissary was going to have soda. So my mom took me and my brother. We drove to the commissary and waited for it to open. And as it opened, sure enough, the shelves were stocked with soda. And right there was the golden ticket, cases and cases of tab. My mom couldn't let that go to waste. So my mom bought every case of tab that the commissary had, never thinking that everybody else is going to have to wait three months before uh, they get soda again. 
But she bought them all, and me and my brother, we loaded all of that up into that uh, LTD Country Squire. We drove to the house, and we lived in a three-bedroom apartment on the third floor uh, off base. Uh, My brother and I had to carry maybe 50 cases of tab uh, up three flights of stairs in the house. But somewhere along the way, my mom had to come to Jesus moment. And she says, you know what? When my husband comes home, he's going to be upset. So I'm going to have to hide this stuff. She never gave any thought about bringing it back. She was going to hide it. And so we spent a couple hours just hiding all of this soda everywhere we could. Uh, Put it in cabinets, put it underneath the sink, uh, uh, put it under the couch. We put it everywhere, including underneath our beds. Uh, My dad came home from work, and my dad was upset. And my mom said, "Uh, honey, why are you upset? I said, well, do you know that uh, the commissary got soda in Uh, today and uh, I decided that on the way home from work I'm going to get a couple cases and bring it home because I've kind of missed drinking my tab and uh, I went into the commissary and they were completely out and I asked uh, somebody there at the commissary "Uh, how come you're out of tab Uh, and he told me that some idiot came uh, and bought uh, every case of tab they had and my dad just went on a rant my dad I started calling this person an idiot, call it, uh, and using all kinds of Navy jargon, if you will. He was upset, and uh, he is getting undressed in the bedroom, and uh, as he's changing, uh, he stubbed his toe on something underneath the bed. He looked underneath that bed, and he saw about six or eight cases of tabs stacked underneath that. And then he started opening cabinets, and he kept seeing more tab. And then he realized the idiot that he had been going off on, he was married to her. Well, needless to say, I remember this story because now me and my brother had to carry every one of those cases of tab down three flights of steps into that LTD we had to drive that back to the commissary and return those so that everybody else could also have soda. One of those things that I'll remember for the rest of my life, and you'll probably remember it too. Well, we come to the end of the show today. Next Monday, I'll have another story uh, having to do with the misadventures of mom, and I've got a lot of them. But until then, I hope that This week will be awesome for you. There'll be nothing awful. It'll all be awesome. Uh, We'll meet again next Monday, uh, and we'll be able to share the awesomeness uh, of this week. Uh, May God bless you, and have a great, great day. (music) 